this. All right, so here we go. Uh, we're going to start a new series today. The series is called Attack the Impossible. There's a scripture that came to my mind uh, when I was putting together these notes. It's in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, where it says, Stay alert, watch out. I love the emphasis that, um, that, is, that is in the scripture. It says, stay alert and watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a lion looking for someone to devour. The reason why I'm calling this series Attack the Impossible is this enemy that we have, he causes havoc in our life. And the trail that he leaves behind him, we look at it and it feels impossible to undo what he's done. If there's a sickness in someone's body, it feels like it's impossible for it to ever go away. I want you to attack the impossible. If you have a son or a daughter that is acting like a nutcase, You will look at him or look at her and think it is going to be impossible to straighten them out. I have three kids, so I'm really talking to me right now. You guys, you guys are listening to the sermon that I'm preaching to myself. You will think it is impossible when your marriage is awkward and it just doesn't feel good. It feels like it is impossible for it to ever get back to the way it was. I want you to attack the impossible. I want you to look at it and attack it. If I came into your house this afternoon while you were eating somewhere, some restaurant, and I come into your house and I just tear the place up. I flip the couch over, I open up the cupboards, pull out plates, and and I I throw silverware everywhere, and I'm trashing the place, and you show up, and you see it trash, and all of a sudden you go, well, at least I'm going to heaven. (laughs) Doesn't that seem ludicrous? When the enemy comes into a Christian's life, I don't want you to just rest back and say, at least I'm going to heaven. I want you to realize that as a child of God, He wants you to say, no more. I don't care if it looks impossible. I'm attacking it in the name of Jesus. I'm attacking it. There are believers everywhere that are going to heaven. But they're getting their tail kicked here on earth. Are you with me? Say yes. So I want to build your faith this morning. I want to build your faith in this series to attack it. Now, um, I want to share a really cool story. Uh, Since November of last year, every single Sunday, people get healed at Celebration Church. Every single Sunday. Every single Sunday. People will get healed here this morning in this service. Raise your hand if you need a healing in your body. Raise your hand. Hold it up high. I want to know who you are. We're not going to go for it if nobody needs to be healed. All right? Raise your hand. Let me see you. 
Come on, wave it at me. All right, good. There's a lot of people that need to get healed. That's awesome. You know, you can't have a, a miracle if nobody needs a miracle. Somehow or another, I got invited to go, uh, well, I know how that happened. I got invited to go speak at a church last Sunday, which was, uh, I've been doing for 21 years, I've been speaking. Um, But this one was unique because um, they started promoting it as pastor from Celebration Church healing service. (laughs) What am I, Benny Hinn? I need to go get me a white suit or something? I'm like, are you kidding me? I, I show up to celebration with you guys. This is my church family. And every Sunday I'm like, thank you, Jesus. He just healed somebody else. And now you're going to bring me to your church and say healing service? What? you got to be kidding me. So I'm like, all right, God, I was never a part of any healings that you did at celebration anyway. I'm just going to go there and pray and see what happens. And so I prayed at the end, just like I pray here. 27 people raised, waved their arms over their head. <laughs> Crying, 27. But this is the one uh, that rocked me. Service is over. I'm walking off the stage. I'm excited. God, you're so good! His mother comes up to me with, Three little girls. And she puts her hand on the, the, the shortest one. She goes, she's seven years old. She doesn't speak. She's never spoken. My daughter doesn't talk. She goes, I'm desperate. I am desperate. I don't know what to do. Will you please pray? Now let me ask you. Where do people go when they're desperate? If you are not attacking the impossible in your life, then you don't have anywhere to go. And you may not have a seven-year-old that doesn't speak. Maybe you do. But you have a different issue in your life. And you do not know what to do about it. And let me just say this. We cannot have a church full of Christians saying, well, at least I'm going to heaven one day. That's ridiculous. There are too many people that believe that God used to do miracles and we're going to live a triumphant life in heaven, but right now we're just going to go through hell. That's ridiculous. It's not even biblical. It's not even biblical. I don't have the time to to wrap off all the scriptures. But you, you mean to tell me that that's God's will? It's absolutely not. So I look at this young girl and my heart breaks because I just saw 27 people get healed. And here's the deal. Not everybody we pray for gets healed on the day that we pray for them. Not everybody, maybe everybody will get healed today, but in my experience so far, not everybody gets healed. Sometimes a person will get healed after the 87th time we prayed for them, they finally get healed. And I'm like, I don't know what took you so long, but thank you, Jesus. (laughs) And there's also people that the story did not end well. The only thing I can tell you is that people are getting healed a lot. And this moment, I looked at the little girl and I said, God, we got to have this one. 
We, we need to have this one. This was last Sunday. I asked for a picture of her because I wanted to show you. That's her. Her name is Joy. So precious. And uh, I couldn't even lay my hands on her to pray for her because my heart was just melting. My wife was with us. She, she took a picture. Um, I just had to grab her. And I said, Jesus, heal her. And I said, Satan, if you're involved in this, because I don't know. I said, if you're involved in this, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Be healed. And then all of a sudden, people started coming up, and it started turning into a scene, and so I decided to start praying for other people. Monday morning, I get a text message from the pastor who got a text message from the mom. This is from our church member you prayed for and her three little girls yesterday. Oh my, please tell Pastor Frankie, Joy has started talking. I am speechless, in denial, in shock. Would you stand up and give the Lord a standing ovation? We love you. Come on, give it to him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, everybody stop for a minute. Hold on a second. I want you, we're going to clap again. We're going to clap again, but I want you to clap as if it was your daughter. All right? Thank you. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now turn around and find five people and give them a high five. Say, God is good. God is good. All the time. God is good. All the time. So let's unpack three things because I believe that, uh, and you can go back and listen to other messages um, on why I believe this, but I believe that it's God's plan for you to be the light of the world, for his glory, his power to not just be in you, but to flow through you. Amen. That's why he said, freely you have received, freely give. So whatever you have received is your role to give it away. And so for us to experience his power, everybody say power. power. See, there's a reason why people skip church, okay? There's a reason why people skip church. There's a reason why the average person goes to church twice every six weeks. There's a reason for that. And I don't, if that's you, I don't want you to feel bad. It's not your fault. It's, it's probably my fault and every single pastor's fault out there because if all you're going to hear is three songs and a guy give a speech, why come? If I wasn't the guy, I probably wouldn't either. <laughs> I mean, you can watch that online, right? But if you're going to come to his house and experience his presence, yeah, yeah. there's not a building in the country big enough. And so I'm already looking around. I was telling my daughter, we've been going for miracles since November. It's been six months. Adam Cantu is the leader of our business team. Would you stand up, Adam, and just wave at everybody? Um, 
Now, Adam, would you say just one more second? I'm sorry. Adam is an, is an Exxon guy, okay? How many people here has ever seen The Wizard of Oz? Raise your hand. All right. Exxon people are the tin man. They don't have a heart. <laughs> Am I right, Tom? Everything is... <laughs> Everything, everything to an Exxon guy is data, 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 data. What do the numbers say? 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 I'm like, people are getting saved. Well, how many? It's like. Adam sat down and looked at our attendance and he says, we got to build a bigger building. If we started today, we couldn't get in for another three years, so relax. <laughs> but look around. Yes. Look around. Yes. Look around. I, I, it looks like there's about, like I can almost count the empty seats. This growth has only happened since November. Yes. Why? Because people want to be in the presence of God. They can care less about another speech. Amen. People are going to get healed at the end of the service again today. And that's why you came. Am I right? Say yes. yes. So this is why we're with the Lord. This is why we come. But when you leave here, that's when it's most important for it to flow. There's three things that we do that cause that to flow. Are you ready? Thank you, all three of you. Number one is that we have to remain. Everybody say remain. One, two, three. Remain. remain. In John chapter 15, verse 5, it says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. And apart from me, you can do nothing. So church on Sunday morning you never really leave church. You stay in church in your head and in your spirit. You never really leave. Your body leaves, but your mind stays in it. You keep singing. You keep talking to him. You keep singing. When something really bad happens in the middle of your week, you go, you see that? You, you see what I'm talking about? You're constantly praying. You have to remain in him. You can't just all of a sudden, oh, we need a miracle. You got to remain in him. He'll answer those prayers. And we know that because when somebody cuts out in front of you and you go, Jesus, he's there. <laughs> but when you want to see his power, you got to remain in him. You can't just be connected to him and then you're not. And then connected to him and then you're not. Connected to him and then you're not. You got to remain in him. <laughs> Number two is not only do you remain in him, but John, this is two verses later, John 15, 7, but if you remain in me and my words remain in you, that means you're memorizing scripture. Here's the thing. You will never, ever, ever have God's power flowing through your life if you don't remain in him and have his words remain in you. Never, ever, ever. You'll just constantly be saying, oh, like, well, I don't know if I believe this. I don't know if I believe that. I don't know. If I ever believe. And if you don't, that's okay. Stick around. You will. Okay? But it'll never flow through you. It'll flow through everybody else around you, but it'll never flow through you. You have to remain in Him, and you've got to get two or three Scriptures and memorize the mess out of them. Are you with me? Say yes. So you have to remain in Him. Uh, let me say this. There's, I've, I've grown up. I've gone, growing up, I went to probably seven or eight different churches growing up. 
some of those churches were really, really heavy on Scripture. Others churches were not so heavy on Scripture, they were heavy on presence. Remember this. The Word without His presence is dry. His presence without His Word is dangerous. That's why you can fall asleep with too many Scriptures. Is He done yet? Wake me up when He's done. And then you got other churches... They don't know the Bible to save their life, but they got a prophetic word for a tree outside. They're dangerous. You have to have both. Everybody say both. both. It's remaining. You remain in His presence. You remain in His word. You have to have both. Number two, number two, choose to be holy. Holy means to be set apart for an honorable use. If I am going to use this stand for an honorable use, okay, and it is, it, if I'm going to use it for an honorable use, I am going to set it apart away from the rest of the stands. If you have china in your house, you have the china in a separate part than the plastic cups. It's been set apart for an honorable use. That's Christmas and Thanksgiving, okay? Don't touch it. No cereal goes in there. That's Christmas and Thanksgiving. It's set apart for an honorable use. Some of you may have towels in your house. Nobody can use them except for a guest. And really, you don't want the guest to use them either. You're supposed to look at them. It's set apart for an honorable use. So those towels are holy, those dishes are holy. They've been set apart for an honorable use. So watch this. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1, God the Father knew you and chose you. God the Father knew you and chose you, and His Spirit made you holy. God picked you, and the Holy Spirit said, this one right here, okay. That person is set apart for an honorable use. The scripture says, as a result, you felt something in you. God's doing that. I don't really. You felt something in you and obeyed this pull. And God, Jesus, cleansed you. So God picked you. The Holy Spirit set you apart. And Jesus came along and said, this one? All right, we got to cleanse him with my blood. So God picked you. The Spirit set you apart and made you holy. And Jesus cleansed you. Now watch this. Two verses, no, a couple verses. First Peter 1.15. Peter said, be holy. You be holy. Choose to be holy. So the Holy Spirit made you holy. And now he's saying, be holy. Interesting. Be holy in every aspect of your life. Just as the one who called you is holy. So the Holy Spirit set you apart, and now the Scripture is saying, now set yourself apart. He set you apart, now you back up and go, oh, you, you picked me? Well, guess what? I'm setting myself apart now. And you will feel the Holy Spirit tell you things to stop doing. Don't dress like this, don't talk like that, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this. Is it rules? No, I'm setting myself apart. Is that rules? LeBron James can eat bonbons and Twinkies and Krispy Kremes if he wants to, but he's he's set apart. He's setting himself apart. I can't eat like that. I'm a professional athlete. Is it a sin? No. He's got a bigger purpose than eating bonbons and Twinkies. 
It's not a rule. There's no rule in the NBA. You can't have bonbons and Twinkies. There's no rules. You set yourself apart. God, you called me. I'm not going to talk like that. I'm not going to walk like that. I'm not going to dress like that. I'm set apart. I'm set apart. I'm set apart. So number two is choose to be holy. Number three, choose to be risky. Risky. You got you to take a chance. You got to take a chance. If you pray for nobody to be healed, guess how many people are going to be healed? If you pray for 50 people to be healed, historically, because you never know, not all 50 will be healed. But a lot will. So be risky. Um, in the lobby, one of our greeters came in and she had hurt herself earlier that week. Another greeter looked at her and said, well, we, we can't be having that. And so I want you guys to hear the story. Um, would you put your hands together for uh, Margo and Jacqueline? Uh, put, put your hands together for them. And uh, yeah, you help one lady, I'll help the other. And uh, we got two wonderful ladies. Come up here real close so everybody can see your pretty face. Um, there you go. Come on up here. Uh, tell everybody your story. Actually, let me hold it just in case you get excited. <laughs> well, I hurt my hand on one occasion, and that was for one when Jacqueline said, We cannot have that because you need those hands as I'm a hairstylist, and she placed her hand over mine praying for me, and I did not feel anything particular, but when I removed my hand, when I lifted up from the table, there was no pain. And I was to the point where I needed medical attention because when I was not working, it was hurting and swelling, and when I was working, it was excruciating pain. So... Um, there was, the pain was gone and my, there. Isn't that so beautiful? <laughs> beautiful. On the, on the second occasion, I misjudged my step and I fell with my ribcage into my stylist chair. Now, I, can, I bet you can imagine how painful that is. My breathing was labored. I was getting dizzy from shallow breathing all the time. And I was on the greeting list again for the day, and Jacqueline said, I said to her, well, maybe I cannot be, I, you know, I'm not able to do this because I'm hurting so bad. And she's like, Marga, what did you do now? <laughs> I said, I just had a little accident. She said, where? I showed her my ribcage. She said, how bad? I said, it's a 10. She said, oh no, we need to do something. And she laid hands on me out in the lobby, prayed for me. And we normally get back in the service halfway through the worship. And I was standing out in my seat, worshiping my hands up in the air. Because I love my God, I praise him all the time. And my ribs started moving, and I'm like, what? <laughs> and I chilled up from head to toe, and I started crying, and I started praising even harder. I said, that's my God at work. 
Praise and God. Just love him. Praise God. Absolutely. Put your hands together for that. Beautiful. You gonna hold it? I know. <laughs> okay, here's the thing. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Typically in the lobby, you guys, probably everybody here has seen me out there, and I have an opportunity to notice people's countenance when it changes, and I know that that's not what I did. I noticed with Margot that her countenance had changed, and what we have to do, we, we have to actually take a chance, because it's not about us that, you know, we have to step outside of our comfort zone to actually want to try and heal. There's so many people that are hurting outside. There's so many people that are um and I didn't tell this in the first story, but I'm going to give I'm going to give a, a short scenario. I flew to I flew to Istanbul, Turkey, one year, and it was about 2014. It was right right around when ISIS was getting ready to take place and getting you know going in. I remember my children making a joke and saying, "Mom, do not go. You know they persecute Christians over there in Turkey. Don't go. Don't go. You're going to find yourself in a in a Turkish jail cell." You know, so they were teasing me about this because you're going to want to go lay hands on somebody. You're going to want to pray because that's what I do. I don't take it, you know, that this power that God has put inside of me. I don't take that that's, that we just come to church on Sunday mornings and, and, and not do anything with it. Anyway, I get to the, I get to the um, airport and something leads me into this jewelry store. I go into the jewelry store in the airport and there's only one guy and he's working with someone and I look over and I hear this sound and I don't know where it's coming from and he says, oh, one of our salespersons is sick um, but just be patient. We've got somebody that should be here any minute. Something tells my feet to start making my way towards where the cell, where I hear the sound coming from. I start going towards the sound. This girl is earling. I mean, she is just, you know, she's sick. She's really sick. I look over the counter and I see her and she's got a bucket and she's, you know, she's leaning over and she's just, you know, sick. Her hair is smashed to her face. She's sweating. And my brain is saying, Jacqueline, don't do it. There's, there's cops in this airport, you know, <laughs> don't pray for her. But I lean over there and I reach down and I said, give me your hand. And so she, she was so sick, she would have gave her hand to Osama bin Laden. <laughs> so she put, her, she put her hand in my hand and I look around and I make sure the guy was still working with the other person and I start praying. I start praying in the spirit for her, for her healing. I walk away quickly and I go and I stand and I'm looking at the jewelry. I see him look at me. He looks at me, and then he looks over at her. In the corner of my eye, I see her. She's gotten up. She's moving around. She's feeling a whole lot better, so she received healing. My point is, again, there's so many people that are sick out here, and God has placed a, a, he's placed a power inside of us that we can change so many people's lives. So we true. are placed here to be agents of change. Yeah. We are effective. We should be effective. Instead of coming to church every Sunday, sitting on the pews, take a chance. We're not taking a chance on us. We're taking a chance on Jesus. He's the one that heals through us. That is so good. We just have to yield ourselves. That is so good. That is so good. That is so good. That is so good. Would you stand up on your feet for me, please? All right, so we're going to pray for healing right now. And um, this is what I'm going to ask. We're going to have two categories of healing. The first one is for a physical healing. 
which is my personal favorite because you can you can tell straight away you know a lot of times you pray for healing and nothing happens and you know you can tell straight away the second healing it's not as exciting for me as a physical healing but God wants to do it and this is his house and so we're going to do it it's an emotional healing and so um, we're going to get to that in a second but this is what I'm going to ask I'm going to ask two things from you the first thing is is if the Lord touches you if you get healed either physically or emotionally I want you to tell us about it. I want you to go to our website and tell us about it. I promise we will not tell anybody without your permission. And why do you why do you need to tell us about it? Because if you don't give him glory, you are stealing his glory. If I stand up here and I try to take credit like I'm the one that's the powerful one, I'm taking his glory. I'm stealing his glory and he'll strike me down because I'm nothing but a clay vessel. You can't touch his glory. I can't touch his glory. We have to give him all the credit, all the praise, all the glory. Am I right? Say yes. Am I right? So that's the first thing. The second thing is this. If the Lord touches you, I want you to wave your hands above your head like this. And I'm not going to bring you down because I got a lot to do before I dismiss everybody. And so I don't have time to bring you down. But you waving your hands above your head encourages the rest of us. It builds our faith. How do you know if the Lord is touching you? Well, you will feel it. And some of you might feel it as I'm describing it, and I just want you to wave your hands if, you, if while I'm... And I haven't even started praying yet. And it, he goes ahead of me most of the time. He doesn't wait on me. He just starts touching people. But if you feel his presence at any moment for the remainder of the service, don't ask him to do it again just so you're sure it's him. <laughs> the minute you feel it, I want you to wave your hands above your head. And I don't want you to stop waving it until you and I make contact. Eye contact. This is how you know it's him. Are you ready? You'll feel yourself a warmth come over you. You'll get warm. Number two, you might feel a chill. Or, and this is what happens to me most often. This is what Job experienced in the book of Job chapter 4. You'll feel this brush and all of a sudden it's like you get these chills running down your face or on the back of your neck or on your arms. You'll just you, all of a sudden the hair on your arms will just stay. you'll feel a chill. You'll just feel a chill. The minute you feel one of those, I want you to just wave your hands over your head. You'll feel it. Now if you need a healing some of you, he'll just touch you, and you don't need a physical healing, but he'll just touch you. It doesn't make you more special than the rest of us. He just wanted to touch you. But if you need a physical healing, actually, let me pause there. 
I want to build your faith before we get to a physical healing. I'm going to pray that the Holy Spirit would touch some of you. And I want you to wave your hands above your head like this if you feel him touch you. Just to build the faith of the room. I want you, everyone here, just put your hands like this. Don't put it above your shoulders because I'll think you're waving at me. As soon as you feel them, I want you to put your hands over your head and wave at me. Holy Spirit, we need you. We need you. We have to have you. Begin to move in this room right now. Right now. Now wave your hands at me if you feel him. All of a sudden, there's somebody right there on the front row. Another person on the front row. Another person right over there. Wave. Don't stop waving at me, okay? Don't stop. There's another. There's probably five or six. Don't stop. Holy Spirit, right here in this section, in this center section, in the name of Jesus, just let your Holy Spirit move. Are you waving at me, Judy? Look at that. It's beautiful. Wave. Yes. Once you wave your arms, don't stop. In this center section, thank you, Jesus. In this section right here, Father, in the name of Jesus, just begin to move. I want you to do what I can't do, God. I want you to do what I can't do. Now, we just saw hands all over the sanctuary begin to move, and, and we only did that to build your faith. Now, I don't want anyone to wave their arms anymore. I only want you to wave your arms if you experience a healing in your body. This is how you know if you got a healing in your body. If it's internal and you can't test it, you will just know. Like cancer or a kidney, you can't. Someone else is waving their arms in the back. You can't provoke that. But if it's a pain that you can provoke, look at me. If it's your back, for example, and you, every time you move like this, it hurts. I want you to provoke that pain. I want you to try to make it hurt. If it's your knee, I want you to try to bend it. If it's your arm, I want you to try to bend it. The minute you are 80% better, I want you to wave your hands at me. You say, why 80%? Because if a doctor does back surgery and you're 20% better, they call that a raging success. And what I've seen is once somebody is 80% better, the other 20% usually comes right after they start testifying about it. So I want you to start provoking the pain right now. Start provoking it. And the minute you see, feel yourself be 80% better, I want you to wave your hands above your head. There's somebody right there in the back waving her arms. Wave your arms at me. Don't hold them up. Wave them. There's another person right back there. That's so beautiful. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Are you waving your hand at me right here in the blue? Yes, praise God. That's three people. Praise the Lord. Holy Spirit, continue to move. Cancer, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, I rebuke you, cancer. And I want you to listen to me pray. Listen how simple it is. It's one sentence. That's how I want you to pray for other people. The only word you have to have in there is the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. That's three people that have been healed so far. Lord, in the name of Jesus. Now, this is what I need to do. This is so important. 
If you're married in this room, whether your spouse is here or not, I want you to get as close as you can to this stage. As close as you can. Come as close as you can. If you're married in this room, I want you to get as close as you can. This is the emotional healing that I'm talking about. Now, some of you may say, my marriage is awesome. I don't need emotional healing. Well, great. That's awesome. I want to pray for you anyway. This is the emotional healing. If you get a physical healing or emotional healing, I want you to testify about it. Raise your hands like this. Raise your hands like this. I want you to close your eyes and just put your chin up. I want you to look towards the heaven, but I want your eyes to be closed. Holy Spirit, you're the one who wanted this moment. Now work. 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 You're going to feel him dealing with you. You're going to feel him dealing with you. Work. Do what no man can do. Work. No hype. No emotionalism. No yelling. No screaming. Just your spirit. I want everyone here just to wor- just to whisper his name. Just whisper his name. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Say that with me. I love you, Jesus. Work. Work. Work, Holy Spirit. Work. Work, Holy Spirit. More. Give him more. Touch him more. In the name of Jesus. I thank you that hearts are being healed. And I thank you, Lord, that their love for each other is growing stronger than it's ever been before. And I thank you, God, that every hurt is being healed. That you're touching them in a way that I don't even understand. Bless your people, Lord, in Jesus' name.